0: Now, today we are moving on to letter number 13 on Groundless Fears. And man, this is a beautiful letter. This is uh, like all of them for me. Uh, It tends to be one of those letters that uh, not much is left Unhighlighted uh, once I finished reading it, and uh, and so it even kind of begs the question: why highlight at all? Uh, because you're just going to uh, cover everything. But uh, there's so much good stuff in this letter, and I'm I'm kind of excited to dive into the first uh, four, no, the first three verses of this letter today in in this episode. Because uh, Seneca, in this kind of passage here, he's talking about uh, the spirit. You know, he's talking about uh, freeing his spirit or his soul from the the perversions of fate and fortune. And it's it's an absolutely beautiful passage. So I'm, I'm going to start reading it now, and we'll we'll see where we find ourselves, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about what he's saying. So he says the following quote: "I know that you have plenty of spirit." For even before you began to equip yourself with maxims, which were wholesome and potent to overcome obstacles, you were taking pride in your contest with fortune. And this is all the more true now that you have grappled with fortune and tested your powers. For powers can never inspire in us implicit faith in ourselves, except when many difficulties have confronted us on this side or on that side, and have occasionally even come into close quarters with us. It is only in this way that the true spirit can be tested. The spirit that will never consent to come under the jurisdiction of things external to ourselves. This is the touchstone of such a spirit. No prize fighter can go with high spirits into the strife if he has never been beaten black and blue. The only contestant who can confidently enter the lists is the man who has seen his own blood, who has felt his teeth rattle beneath his opponent's fist who has been tripped and felt the full force of his adversary's charge, who has been downed in the body but not in spirit, one who, as often as he falls, rises again with greater defiance than ever. So then, to keep up my figure, fortune has often in the past got the upper hand of you, and yet you have not surrendered, but have leaped up and stood your ground still more eagerly. End quote. So, I'd like to start our review of these passages uh, back when Seneca says the following. He says, uh, I know that you have plenty of spirit for even when you began to equip yourself with maxims, which were wholesome and potent to overcome obstacles, you were taking pride in your contest with fortune. And he said that this is all the more true now that you have grappled with fortune and tested your powers. So, he's talking about a natural progression in the, in the battle that we are constantly engaged in uh, against the perversion of our spirit. And I think it's important to talk about this first, right, because it can give us some background to what Seneca is actually saying here. You know, we do live in a moral landscape. There is a right and a wrong way to live, you know, and anybody who tells you otherwise has not read history, right? Because history is full of examples of better ways of being and much, much worse ways of being. And so, what this actually means is that in our lives, we are in, whether you like it or not, we are in a contest against the powers of fortune or the powers of those things that would pervert our spirit or the things that would pervert our being, the way that we approach life, the way that we show up in the world, right? Because there are things in the world that would tempt you. Uh, to go down paths that would be very, very bad for you and everybody around you. And if you don't know that there are things out there that would tempt you to go down those paths, then you are all the more likely to walk those paths yourself. But if you know that that's the landscape that you live in, then you can actually put up a bit of a fight and you can actually uh, start to, to build a sophisticated understanding of morality, a sophisticated understanding of, of the freedom that can come from not allowing yourself to be perverted in your aims and in your desires, right? Which is what Seneca is talking about here. And he kind of mentions the two stages that you might go through uh, when you're on this path, on this battle, you know, against uh, against those things that would pervert your aims and your being, uh, there's two stages that we kind of go through here. The first he talks about is gathering up those wise maxims that would help him in this battle to free his soul. And, and that's, to me, it reminds me of, of when I started out uh, reading Stoicism, you know, and so you find all these wise sayings and it's very exciting to you and, and you're very excited to tell other people about these wise sayings, these these wise quotes from these amazing philosophers. Uh, But it's, it's a weaker stage of the journey because while you're learning that wisdom... Uh, and, and you haven't yet put it to the test fully in your life, right, uh, you're not really embodying that wisdom as much as you are an avatar for the ideology that that wisdom belongs to or the religion or the philosophy that that, that, that wisdom belongs to. And so, you will say these quotes and you'll have them handy on you at all times and and you're inspired by them, uh, but there is no depth to your understanding because you have not yet utilized that wisdom in your life when you come up against these challenges in your life, right? And so, I think it's appropriate to think of it as almost a stage where you're wearing a mask. You know, this is the person who you're projecting that you would like to be when you do come up against the challenges in your life. And so, you're just an avatar for that, that group of ideas. Now, what then happens is what Seneca says here. He says, all this is the more true now that you have grappled with fortune and tested your powers, right? So, he's talking about his spirit is strengthened now that he has actually put it to the test, put this wisdom to the test in his life. And this really reminds me of a brilliant idea from Carl Jung. You know, he said, be very careful of unearned wisdom. Right, because when when you first start learning some some wise sayings from the philosophers, uh, or you know from religions or whatever it is, when you start getting that wisdom, you can very easily believe that it belongs to you. Right. But what Carl Jung would say is, no, that wisdom is unearned. It is only earned once you come up against it in your life and you put it to practice in your life, right? And that's exactly the same thing that Seneca is saying right here. It needs to be embodied within you in such a way that that you have put it to the test and that's why he gives us the analogy of of say the boxer or the um the the wrestler you know somebody who has been into battle multiple times and who has you know he he uses such poetic uh language here you know who has been tripped and felt the full force of his adversary's charge you know who has felt the teeth rattle beneath his opponent's fist you know He's talking about this moral landscape here and saying, listen, your, your spirit, your soul, it is not free until you've been beaten down multiple times in life and you can see that you can still get up again. That's when you know that you've put this wisdom to the test. That's when you know that it's not unearned wisdom, but it's earned wisdom, right? Because you've embodied it in your life. And that's when you know that your spirit is truly on that path to becoming free, When you get beaten down time and time again, you keep on getting up. And so this is actually one of the reasons why in Stoicism you see such a push towards uh, getting people to practice adversity before it happens to them. Because you might think, well, okay, well, if I just have this wisdom, if I'm just reading the philosophers, but I've got a pretty, uh, you know, easy life, you know, fortune has thrown me a, a, a good lot, you might say. Well you might then say how, how do I ever know how do I ever know whether or not I have a free spirit or a strong spirit a spirit that that cannot be broken well what Seneca would say is look if you've got an easy life right now enjoy it great that's that's fine right there's nothing wrong with ha- having having a life where fortune has has thrown blessings upon you but maybe what you want to do is you want to practice that adversity every so often just a little bit so that you can see whether or not uh, you can actually come up against it and 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 be pushed down and get up again uh, you know things like uh, like often we talk about in stoicism cold showers or practicing poverty meaning a go a weekend every so often where you live off very very little uh, whether it's the food that you eat or the clothes that you wear You know, these can seem kind of like trivial or unimportant matters, but but what what it is, it's an opportunity for you to practice, and as you practice, you will become more confident in your spirit, in the strength of your spirit to overcome obstacles and to overcome things in your life that would, uh, you know, potentially pervert your aims or your being. And I think it's important to talk about the way that we describe or, or yeah describe people in terms of the spirit in in our lives, right? So I know I've definitely heard the following phrases: well, that person is is very kind spirited, you know, or kind hearted, you know, is often the phrase, but kind spirited I've heard as well, you know, meaning well, they face the world with a, a certain kindness about them. You know, everything that they do, they, they kind of look at the world through a lens of kindness and that's just how they come off. Uh, you could say the same thing about somebody who is mean-spirited, right? They f- see the world through a mean lens, right? In the way that they they show up, the way that they talk, the way that they uh, express themselves. Uh, you could also say that, you know, what Seneca is talking about here is is somebody who is free-spirited and somebody who is strong-spirited, Right? Uh, because the, the the kind of description he gives is the spirit that will never consent to come under the jurisdiction of things external to ourselves, right? And this is one of the major aims that Seneca is moving towards with his writings. He's trying to help us to free our spirits, right, to free our souls from the external influences that, as I've said, would pervert our being, right? And, and, and this is this, this is such a tangible idea because you know when you see somebody like this on both sides of the angle, right? You know when you see somebody who will very easily be swayed by the opinion of the mob or be swayed by the most popular thing at the moment or the most popular uh, uh, way of speaking or the most popular, uh, you know, way of being, you know, they, they will easily fall into those traps, but the strong-spirited person, the the free-spirited person, is somebody who governs their life according to their own uh, their, their their own commitment to their values, to their ideals. Right? They will not be coerced into living in a different way uh, just because somebody says so. Uh, You know, you could think about the Gulag Archipelago, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, or you could think about Viktor Frankl uh, writing uh, Man's Search for Meaning, talking about these people in these concentration camps or in the Gulag, right, who uh, they noticed that no matter what happened to them, they would not be swayed into acting out of accordance with, uh, with, with their true value system uh, that lies within themselves, right? Now, that is a free spirit. That is a strong spirit. Somebody who can come up against it, like Seneca is talking about, can be beaten to a pulp and yet can still remain committed to their own ideals. And that, to the Stoics, is true and absolute freedom, it's a freedom of the spirit. It's a freedom of the soul, meaning you will not be governed by external influences, but you will be governed according to your internal world and your internal values and ideals. And that's an idea worth thinking about very deeply for the rest of your life, because once you catch that idea, uh, to the extent that you can catch that idea, uh, it will help you as you move through this moral landscape. It will help you to understand better when you are being weak-spirited and when you're not being free-spirited and... And when you're being the opposite, when you are actually committed to your values. And 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 this isn't committed in some sort of trivial, uh, you know, uh, you're just holding on to these values and nothing can penetrate it. But what it is, it, it might be better to think of it like this. Uh, Jim Rohn said, make sure that whatever you do is the product of your own conclusion you know, that's, that's a great piece of wisdom to guide your life. You know, make sure that whatever you do is based on your own judgment, not on the judgment of other people, not on the influence of other people, but, but based on what you think and what you feel, right? Now, that's being strong-spirited and free-spirited. And I think that one of the... the best maxims that I've heard so far in my life that has helped me to really move closer towards that that freedom uh, actually came from, from Jordan Peterson. He talks about uh, don't do or say anything that makes you feel weak. And what that means, you know, below the surface is if somebody's trying to make you do something that you don't want to do, don't do it. If somebody's trying to get you to say something that you don't want to say, don't say it. You know, if somebody is treating you in a way that makes you feel weak, if somebody is treating you in a way that uh, belittles you and belittles your spirit and your soul, uh, don't give in, you know, don't accept it. Now, there's a flip side because it's not all about external influences as well. It's if you're about to say something that you think makes you feel weak. Don't say that thing. You know, if, if, if you're being way too grasping of your own ideals and you're not able to actually hear somebody else's opinion or gather wisdom that would be good for you, that only makes you weak. And you will feel weak as you do that. So, don't do that as well. You know, seek wisdom. That makes you stronger. Seek uh, the good things that would help you in your life but but avoid doing or saying things that make you feel weak and and, and I've definitely noticed that as I have listened to those feelings you know so much of the way that we uh, move through the world is based on feeling and when you can gain a deeper relationship with your feelings and an understanding of those feelings it can be very helpful in in cases like this but you know as I have developed a, a deeper understanding of when I feel weak and when I feel strong I've kind of noticed that it seems as though listening to those feelings is a gateway to understanding when you are being strong-spirited or when you are being weak-spirited. And, and and you know, weak and strong, it can be kind of a harsh way of seeing it. It's more like uh, you'll notice when you're doing things that are good for you and for the people around you, and you'll notice when you're doing things that are only enslaving you, which would not be good for you and the people around you. And so, it's certainly a good idea to develop a greater understanding of the feelings that you have because they can be a really good guide for when you are being strong-spirited or weak-spirited. And so anyway, these are just a few ideas that I think will be hopefully helpful to you uh, in terms of the way that you see yourself, the way you see yourself showing up in the world and uh, you know the way that you go about uh, your philosophy right your your pursuit of wisdom because the pursuit of wisdom really is to free ourselves from the chains of those outer influences and to make us a free-spirited and a strong-spirited person who who as you know Jim Rome would have said governs their lives based on their own conclusions right and, uh, and so, I think this is a really interesting idea. I certainly find it really helpful to view my life through this lens as this being a, a goal or almost the goal, right? And, uh, and I hope that you think about this for a while and, and, and see how it applies into your life. So, I guess I'll talk to you in the next episode.